True Detective Podcast by Bleed TV, covering season three. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. Guys, welcome to the podcast. We're pretty excited about this season. Uh, we've already knocked out, what, two episodes? Is that right? 25% of the season. <laughs> We're already a quarter of the way there. Wow. Is your math awful? 25%? Is it 10 episodes or eight? Eight. It's so, all it is, eight. Yeah. So how about you take that? And uh, we roll on over <laughs> wow, there. I'm right. getting the first finger episode. within the first two minutes of a podcast. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> great, great hosting there. Let me not know how many episodes we got going in. <laughs> well, I just became depressed. I thought for sure it was 10, but gosh, damn. Uh, well, so let's go ahead and get, what were your thoughts of the episodes? Give me some opinions here. I won't go first. Ladies first. Which one? Wow. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go first. All right. Uh, highly enjoyed it. Um, I think this is like most people are saying, kind of more true to form of the first season. Absolutely, I would agree. Just with the that. feel of it. I feel like the setting is the same. Um, kind of vibe, I guess you'd say. Very tense all the way throughout the episode <clears throat> and everything. A lot of tension. I, I I just like the pace. How about that we have two cops that are really good actors? You know, that's you know that but alone I, makes a huge comparison. I never really had a problem with the actors in any of the seasons before. I mean, honestly, it was just the written material that the actors had to work with like in, in season, season two. two wasn't, you know, it wasn't an actor's fault in season two. I, I don't blame the actors at all for no. season two, no, no, but this one, I mean, we, we did, we, they did smash it. Both of the main detectives on this. Oh yeah. Wayne I mean, just the names. chemistry that they have on camera and everything is exactly the reason why you got into season one of true detectives. Yeah, yes, and, the charisma is definitely there. And I think they, once again, knocked the names out of the park. It's yeah. Both their names. I mean, <laughs> Wayne Hayes. And season Roland one. <laughs> season one were excellent, you know, but Wayne Purple Hayes is pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's a top 10 name right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I just explained to them, I did not have a clue this was Stephen Dorff that was playing the other guy this whole time. I mean, that's like back in my days of Blade and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It's a completely different. I, I just can't believe it's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, know if it's the hair he's rocking or anything, I but just like, he looks nothing like. I'm floored, up with. floored by it. But, but as far as the episodes, I, I love. Obviously, I'm very tied to the 1980 because I mm-hmm. like anything that's set in the 80s. Basically, just, oh yeah, it's like Stranger Things relived you know, with the crime scene. Well, just I just like that era. You know, what I mean, I, and that's kind of when I, I I feel like I grew up. I like all the movies from the eighties and stuff like that. So anytime I see it set in that you know, that, that time frame, I just love it. It's an instant hit for me usually. Yeah. And I mean they had a lot of eighties things like that old camera and everything, the bicycles with the uh oh, the cars, baseball card on it. The architecture of the houses, everything was on point. No, they they did an excellent job with that stuff. And I'll talk a lot about that because that's something I'm really uh, you know, drawn to is mm-hmm. any of the cinematography and then any of the longer shots and stuff like that. I mean season episode one Ending in all black, all you can see is a flashlight. Oh, sweet. It was so badass. I have no idea how they did it. Like, I can't think of how the camera was able to do it. I mean, it's like some kind of odd setting, I'm sure, but it was so cool. I'm just like, it was something unique. You had never seen it before. That's what I'm saying. It's like, this is what I was missing. Yes. You know, I was missing this last season. We didn't have too much cinematography in season two. To no, really- it was more in your face, just kind of hit you over the head with stuff like that. But this was just, man, it was real subtle, but I just loved it, man. Like you said, the tension and the uh, the you know, pace was good. The tone, the pace, yeah, everything yeah, was everything. great. Well, I mean, and I've got to say, when I found out we had two episodes to begin with, I was kind of dreading it. Like it almost felt like it was going to be a chore and everything. But as soon as the intro to the first episode started, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I have two hours!" And it zoomed by for as dude. Speaking episode of intro, one flew by. Yeah, oh, yeah, like all of a sudden, like you said, we had that black screen, and I was like, "What? Oh wait, yeah, what's going on here?" Yeah. Then it was already loading up for the second one. And know, I, I like, take notes on all the episodes, and man, I didn't realize it, but I was like a page and a half deep, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm already done with season." One. I mean, episode one. But going back to the intro, classic, classic oh, yeah. intro. Love the visuals. And like that, you know, if you go to Google and type in um, "true detective art" or theme mm-hmm. pictures. They'll, people have created its own genre of like pictures within pictures of creating this you know, like creepy kind of theme. It, and I love how they repeated it. Of course, T-Bone Burnett was doing the music again when he knocked it out of the park. Still kills it. Yeah, Still kills it. I mean, like, I just love it. I mean, like, it was so true to form. I really, really enjoyed every part of it. And, you know, all right, did y'all watch the episodes enjoying the content or were you constantly looking for clues the entire time like I was? 
I was just kind of enjoying the content, really. I like, was too because you know it, it took it took me looking for stuff later on to uh, you know to realize that I had missed a lot of things. I mean, I was just absorbing all of it because, like I said, anything set in this era, oh yeah, I'm looking for the toys I had when I grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, the the music and the movies and the TV that was on then and everything that was iconic at the time. Yeah, yeah I'm just looking for posters and. Lunch boxes and stuff because it just takes me right into that space. Oh, yeah. Even like when the kids talking about like oh, I dressed up as Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, you know? I mean, like yeah. I was like, oh yeah, classic. You and know? then Hayes immediately starts making lightsaber noises. Yeah, and I was like, that's what you do as soon as you hear Star Wars, you make the lightsaber noises. And I was like, this makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's on the money. Yeah, it's on the money. Um, but yeah, I mean, just fantastic two hours. I mean, made my night. You know I'm I mean? telling you, as as I watched we, it two or three times. <laughs> yeah, and as soon as we left the intro into the slow bicycle thing, and like you hear the card going against the spokes first, I was lost. I was like, I remember looking for the card I wanted to use and everything to put on your bicycle so everyone could hear you. Dude, the first three minutes, you know how many things they showed you in the first three minutes that just made you go, hmm. Hmm. I mean, you think about it. Bike on the road. We get to see tra- the scrap man. Mm-hmm. Trash man. We get man. to see the neighbor putting on Halloween decorations. We get to see the three kids in the iconic purple. purple is that the beetle. only purple uh, yeah. beetle bug in existence? Yeah, like. of, of Northwest Arkansas. You found it. There it is. Um, you know, the, the, of course, the three kids. You know, the, the teenagers. And, and the classic light of someone getting in. Watch the leather, bro. Kids <laughs> with the fireworks. Yeah, uh-huh. the fireworks. The local hangout oh. spot. You know, the, which is called Devil's Den. Devil's Den. Den. <laughs> I love Devil's it. Den Park. You're yeah. like, oh, that sounds just <laughs> very quaint. Yeah. Inviting. Yeah. And I <laughs> love in the media and everything. What are we going to do about this? You know, yeah. we, they got heroin and things like that going on. Yeah. Fireworks. But how badass is the fire tower, though? Oh, yes. I mean, at the fire observation tower. Yeah. Of course, every kid would want to hang out there. I yeah. mean, it's perfect. Well, I would out in the middle I of the woods, shit myself and pee down my leg about halfway up, and then just you know. <laughs> I understand, but it's just like that's such a cool, that's iconic yeah. landmark thing they put in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, oh, this is rad. Um, it like you know, season one, the tree was the iconic thing. This one is like that tower is the iconic thing. So I feel like season one had a couple of them because I mean the final. Final uh, episode in season one when the catacombs and so like oh, that was yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, um, but they they did bring in some of those elements. You know, I feel like obviously with the dolls and stuff like that. Which well, there's it, some possibilities that this is even as a tie into season well, one. Well, I was about to ask that. Do we think that season one and season two and season three, but mainly one and three, are all interconnected, and that there's a possibility we're going to see some overlap because they brought in a, a few groups that could be connected with one and two, especially. The main thing is is the reporter saying the crooked spiral. Yes, the, saying the crooked spiral, which as we know is drawn on the back of the main victim in season one. Correct. Right. So, and then of course the you know using the twigs for dolls, and then season one it was like the hanging basket looking things yep. and stuff like that. It's like there's a chance I think that these could be connected. <sighs> Dare I say that I think that's thrown in there to make the viewer who enjoyed season one. You know, make this more appetizing in season three. Big old fat red herring. I don't know what you call it a red herring. I would just say you love season one for these kind of elements. I'm sneaking them in there to make it feel like we're going to continue that kind of line of thought. No, and I don't disagree with you. And it could mean nothing. It could just be kind of a cool thing to add in there to to get that juice going again about season one and stuff like that. But it's also, if you remember season one, yeah, they killed the murderer. <laughs> mm-hmm. But everybody attached to the torture ring got away scot-free. That's correct. No one was arrested, nothing. It was all high-powered people that just got off like we all know high-powered people do. Yes. So, And we've already gotten some of that in this episode, at least the feel of some of that. Oh, yeah. You can you feel like there's a, a level of corruption that's avail- you know already showing. Yeah. The main guy, the mayor, who becomes the district attorney... I'm assuming is, what, is that what it is? Or yeah. deputy district, you know, it's deputy something yeah. for the state. The deputy state's attorney, I think. <clears throat> something okay. of that nature. Yeah, but you see that he makes the progression. Alan Jones, I think, is the guy? Might be. I, ca- I can't remember. I, sh- I should know, but I don't remember. But another uh, character actor you've seen in other stuff before. Oh, yes. Yeah. This guy's in, been around. Oh, he was in The Replacements with Keanu Reeves and everything else. He was the... 
he was the co- he was the quarterback you hated. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been around for a long yeah. time doing stuff. Um, there's a few of those guys that you just kind of spot and like have a few words in the in the episodes. So oh, I remember you from so and so and whatever. We got a lot of great supporting actors that are doing exactly what they need to do. Not only that, the actors look the region. Does that does that make sense? Like, well, being, being from our, the south, we're, yeah, we're, we are. We're, we're three and a half hours from where this is filmed. Four hours are different, like that, and so on, and so on. I can tell you that the people, the landscape, the way things looked, the way people talked, the whole nine yards fits the bill. Yeah, one hundred percent. The funniest thing I saw was on Twitter. Was like the only thing they got wrong about the setting was those should be fucking. Razorback gear on all these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, because that, when she said Fayetteville, that, that's, the, that's the capital of the, the Razorback family. Yeah. They said all they needed to do was just saturate these people with <laughs> Razorback shit and it would have been top notch perfect. Yeah, that is true. I didn't hear one pig suey and that might be the biggest downfall of the show. Yeah, the biggest miss so far in this show, which is so slight, but it's a big pig miss. Suey. It's there, a great miss. Don't get me wrong because I can't I mean, stand it, but we should be hearing that in the background of restaurants. Well, all I know is, is that maybe the next episode or two, you're going to see, you know, that, you know, Billy Bob roll by with his giant <laughs> truck with a Razorback on the back of it. You know, I, It really, I mean, it should have been up on the fire tower. Yeah. Every water tower you see, every house that, front door, the flag should be hanging. That off is of Arkansas it. Nation. Right yeah, there. I mean, they take it serious. No yeah. one takes pride in losing quite like Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it went. <laughs> Coming from a Texas fan, there you go. But yeah, the thing oh, is, what, what, what was that? Are Super Bowl <laughs> champions right now? All right, get out of here, SEC. Uh, but the thing is, this is also. I think. I think this is the time when uh, Arkansas basketball was killing it. Isn't it? God, was that eighties? I, I thought no. He was mid nineties. Was he when he had the uh, what was that coach? Did, uh, Richardson. Uh, Richardson. Yeah, that was mid to early nineties. Was it okay? I don't remember. I guess, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing for. Yeah, I got nothing on that one either. <laughs> I just well, it was an iconic coach. I just remember it. Um, but either way, that that's just joking aside. Yeah. Um, but I will say because since we're talking about kind of how we felt about the episode, I was on Twitter. You know, a lot today and some last night mm-hmm. looking at it. And so that, uh, overwhelmingly positive. Oh, yeah. What I saw. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't find a single. Anybody who interacted with us on social media, by the way, we're all on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So if you have any of those things, make sure you're looking us up on Bleed TV Podcast. Um, everybody, nobody told me that they, they hated something. Nobody told me this, that, or so on. I think everybody was so disdained after season two that anything could have been really positive. If it was anything like this one, no, you were definitely jaded, but, but, but you're talking about like we were going to talk about well, what's what's the things we enjoyed and what's the things we didn't enjoy. I cannot think of a single thing I was just like I could pick out and be like hated that, yeah, yeah, or didn't even like that. Right. I mean, nothing. Well, no, there's nothing I can say was well that was a miss. No, you know, and the only article I found was some guy talking about how season three is a mess because Pizzolatto, you know. Uh, Marshall Halali can't save Pizzolatto's mess, is what they're saying. You know, because Pizzolatto got all the blame yes. for season two. Because Fukunaga got all the credit for season one. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he didn't deserve all the credit. No, because Pizzolatto, yeah, I mean, Pizzolatto wrote the, it. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the best It was groundbreaking, scripts. yeah. But the thing of it is, what people are just floored by in season one was what the camera work. Fukunaga was able yes. to do and like just rapture you in it. You know what I mean? Season two, when he booted him, you know, there's a lot of that jealousy stuff that came out. It's like, oh, man, this is a huge miss. You know, so yeah, he, he, he came into this. He tried to reinvent the wheel. The second place. But he just came in at such a deficit. Yeah. And I hated to see that article because I'm like, critics, I guess, got four episodes. Yes. They came out with the uh, first four episodes. Of and the I'm season. like, dude, what are they watching that I'm not seeing? We just saw two of them. And it looks—they were fantastic. It looks great. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I quickly, the looks great. And the thing is, they, he brought in Jeremy Sonier, mm-hmm. who is fantastic. I cannot recommend him enough. If you've never seen Blue Ruin, you gotta go watch it. It's awesome. I mean, there's so little dialogue in it, which means it's all camera work. You know what I mean? It's it's all cinematography. It's all camera work, and it's setting the mood perfectly. And it's yeah. so realistic. And that transfers over into these episodes. It has clearly transferred into something that has a lot more dialogue. But man, just looking at it, it's so damn cool. 
Well, know? I mean, not even necessarily more dialogue because Ali does a lot of grunting, a lot of noise making that just works and makes well, he's sense. He's a very expressionate actor without sound. You know, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'll give Nick some credit, man. The way this was written is on the money. Dude, yeah. the, the scene... And I'm, we're bouncing around. We can't cover this scene by scene by scene. Cause and this isn't a, a, a show that really goes with that either. No. We're but, going- dude, when they pull up behind the dad walking down the street and he's in the back seat talking about he can't sleep and he can't wake up. I mean, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. First off, the actor, was it Tom? Tom. He's yeah. nailing it. Is crushing it. Yes. First off, you're talking about Arkansas look? <laughs> this, this guy. This is T. Personified. On the money. <laughs> but, dude, that scene in the backseat of that car, I was like, that's excellent writing. I mean, that was like, I can't think of a better way to like encapsulate grief, you know what I mean? Like, Well, not only that, think about this. The show showed you things that you wouldn't normally see in other things. Like when Tom went to work. Oh, my God. And how that happened. Like, yeah. Like, like, three like how, many, how many shows have you seen? Where you saw somebody, you know, have a situation like that, and that is on the money to me. That yeah. right there shows like people would look at you and worry about you, and it's too early. But and- most of the time, when you do see it, it's somebody coming back, and there's people coming up, and like they're bothered by how much, like, you know, you know, pray, praying for you, and yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, so much compassion they're getting, so many pats on the back and hugs and stuff like that. They're like, I just want a normal day. Like, get you know, off me. Yeah. Just leave me alone. I need to get back into this routine. That way I don't have yeah. to think about it. And Which everything. I feel like is what he wanted. Yes. But these people were all looking at him like, you're a bug. What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> get off the zapper. You know what I mean? Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I, I All that stuff. Any sequence that the dad was in. Fit. Very strong. Very, very strong. Very, very strong. I mean, his dialogue was strong. Even when he's like upset with his, you know, his estranged wife and the whole nine years. I mean, everything. I mean, his lines were great. I mean. The delivery of him. I mean, you felt emotion in every single thing that he was saying. And that's really hard to do. Like, I mean, I felt like I already know him because I've seen that guy down the road and stuff before. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But to play a grieving father. Like, you've got to really nail that. Yeah. Right. I mean, especially all the people that are watching with kids and stuff like that, and they're like, can put themselves in that mindset. It's like my wife sat down to watch it. She only got 10 minutes in. I was about to say. She said, I cannot do it. She said, I will not watch a show about missing kids. So she left, and she didn't watch it. She's, and she kept stopping by. Yeah. She's like, oh, I want to watch this show, but I can't do it. It's just too nightmares. emotional and everything. It's yeah. just too much. She can't deal with it. Yeah. So I'm like. The fact that he nailed it so well and it could it brings that kind of emotion brings that emotion out of somebody that has kids and stuff like that's like man that's that's really good it's compelling no and, and you're right that's Pizzolatto he deserves a lot of the credit for that no I mean he's put together a great script and I can't wait to see where right. we go all right so if we're done stroking each other right here in the show <laughs> let, let's get into what the show's about I think we what are key parts of the episodes that we need to focus on as what I would consider First of all, what do you think the central focus of this show is? Are we trying to figure out a who done it? Are we trying to figure out, you know, where the corruption is and things? What what do you think the central theme here is of this season? Well, I think there's a couple things. First off, there's the mystery of who killed Will and what happened to Julie. Yes. Okay. okay. That's a, an essential one. What happened in nineteen ninety that he loses his case? He says in the thing, he's like, it was just a case when I first got it. Mm-hmm. Never thought it would be my last. So we find out that that's the last case he ever works. Correct. Okay. But I mean, it had spawned over 10 years and everything. So, I mean, maybe that's yes. why it was. Well, it, whenever the, whoever it is gets convicted of it, gets it, an appeal, and they redo the case, and then that's the end of his career after mm-hmm. that. Right. So, well, what I'm, I'm just saying, like, we need to find out why he's – he either leaves. He says he leaves. Yeah, he says he leaves. Leaves the force, or why he's forced out. Yeah. So I think that's a major part of it. Um, what was the other thing I was thinking about? The um, crap. What happens to his partner? Yeah, because he's not shown in the nineties or the two thousand fifteen. Well, apparently he's done well for himself. We learned that in the ninety. Yeah. He, when he's talking to his old boss or whatever like that, that's playing. Like, have you spoken to Roland? He was like, no. But I understand he done well for himself. So something's happened to him. You know what I mean? There's a couple of little like mysteries and stuff like that. Um, what's happened with uh, Hayes' daughter? 
He clearly can't remember why she left. And every time he brings it up, his son gets really frustrated. I'm thinking she's dead. And like, cause that's the easiest way to just explain it off. You know, you don't want to remind somebody with dementia slash Alzheimer's that she died every single time and have to go through that. I don't know because I mean, that's a that's a good theory though. I mean, it, I'll give you that. That's like, something I mean, across I do, my like, mind. Yeah, like I mean, I, well, that's I'm a good dealing point. with dementia and everything because like, maybe like, he gets upset because he's lying to his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, but the wife is lying too. Then because she said she talked to her. Well, yeah, be, I three mean, weeks ago with, on the phone, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and I mean, like, after day three that you've done this over and over again, you just kind of get into that uh, cruise control mode to where you just come up with things every time because they're not going to remember the reason. I could say that figuring out what his mindset is in, the, in 2015 and what he's seeing, what he's not seeing, and how it plays into it is also part of the mystery intrigue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, especially because sorry to cut you off, but it's no, just like right. when we got the first time that we hear his voice recording and everything, you know, it's like, hey, you've got this. This is the nineteenth. We're going into the twentieth. Oh, yeah. Figure out what they know, and don't forget it's in the dresser drawer if you need it. Well, yeah, he well he gives himself like um, motivating and reminders on how to keep your mind sharp. But I think the pistol in the nightstand is what he's talking about. Yes. It is. Oh, 100%. Well, I mean, that's the only thing in the nightstand. I mean, we've got the pistol. Well, and some liquor. Well, some liquor, some matches. Like, you know, nice little All right, junk so drawer. what do you think the reason he's saying for the pistol? Kill yourself. I yeah. think it's yeah. yourself. Because I know of actually two real, real live people that are no longer with us. And one tried to commit suicide and one successfully committed suicide because when they were going through dementia. And both of them told their families that I'm not going to go through that and I'm not going to make you watch it or suffer through it. Yeah. And so one day you will find me, you know, and so on. And that's exactly what happened. And so when he said that, my but, immediate thought was, is if you can't remember what day it is, if you can't listen to a recording and remember this, yeah. that, or so on, you know what's in that drawer to take care of business. But, it, but I don't think it's for that reason. But they're also showing he had the calendar marked off. Mm-hmm. It was the 19th. And it was about to be the 20th. Yes. And that recording he was listening to seems like it was 1990s version Ooh. of him, not the newest or most I'm recent version. I'm with you on that. I think because when they're doing the deposition in mm-hmm. the 90s, the lawyer tells them or talks to them, says, I understand you're having trouble with your memory. I think in the 90s, he starts making recordings to protect himself or to remind himself of things later on. Well, he even says, the old one says, I constantly go over this case to make sure I keep my mind sharp as a way of like, like doing a workout to improve muscles. You're working your mind to rework a case that's been your whole life. Right. So I think maybe in the nineties, I think he was still fixated on the case, obviously, but I think he was also like doing exercises to make sure to protect himself in the future. I'm liking where you're going with this because I haven't even thought about that as a possibility. Yeah, I think the yeah. recordings he's listening to are from the 90s. Preset, yeah. Okay. I'm with you on that. But then, but he's got that... In, you, uh, you think he's had this gun in that drawer for this entire time for that? I just think that's what he where he always kept his gun. Okay. It's in the nightstand. You know uh-huh. I mean? This guy appears to be a, still a creature of well, habit. Yeah, and he's ex-military and everything, so all, of course that's It seems like up. all cops are this way, you know what I mean? It's like... That's where you keep your gun. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or one of your guns. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That All right. Makes so sense. We, we, okay, so we established that. All right. So the, I think the big thing, who killed Will, is the, is the big thing right now based on the first two episodes and it, where's Julie. So I think that's the two biggest things right now. Are we ready for crazy theories on who we think killed Will? Well, why don't, we go down, why don't we go down the suspect list? Okay. All right. Now, we looked at it. We, we talked to our guys on Reddit. We talked to people on social media, that are so on. In the past... They typically show you a bad guy or, you know, whatever by episode three. In episode three, not yeah, by, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in episode three. Um, me personally, I think they've introduced so many characters. I feel like we've already seen the bad guy. I agree with you. I do. And so I made a short list of potential, you know, potential candidates. Candidates. All right. Are we talking potential candidates of the killer or potential people involved in the killing? I'm going to say, I, let's let's talk from a standpoint of, we'll go down each character and let's discuss how we think, how, what their involvement is, the show, level of involvement, potential, whatever. Okay. okay. How about that? All right. First one, number one, dad. Now, he lets the kids go. So we don't see him again until it's dark. So there is the window there that we do not know where he was 
I, he was working years. on this car the whole time. I agree with you. Do we have any inkling that he is somehow connected to this entire situation? No. I'm voting I, 0%. Chance. I'm going 0%, 0%. Chance. Based on his acting, the, like you said, the car scene, how he reacted to his wife when she showed up and everything, 100%, I don't think he's involved, plays a great grieving father. Which also, perfectly normal parenting technique back in the day. Just let your kids go play in the park and everything. Oh, yeah. I know some people are going to be like, that's probably a terrible parent, but no, that's First, how it was. First thing my wife said when we sat down, like I said, she was there for the very beginning. She was like, man, we would never let our kids take Dude, all that. I said, that's all I did yeah, when yeah. I was a child that man, age. I, man, my Jay- parents would lock the door. I'd be coming back maybe for lunch if it was unlocked by then. But if not, we'd we, go we to We were told to come house. back at dark. Yeah. You come back at dark. Well, before the lights come yeah. on, basically. And like you knew, like, those lights getting close to coming Look, if on. If that like, porch light was on, it was your ass. Yep. Oh, that's, that was the rule. That was the thing. Dad would be in the, in the living room waiting for you with Ex- the belt in his hand already. Exactly. I mean, that's just the way it was. Because, man, we, we lived, we grew up, like, our young heirs in Florida when it was the 80s we get on bikes and we go to parks down the road yeah you're crossing streets like i mean you go 15 20 minutes away but the thing was you knew where all the kids were by the pile of bikes in the front yard like Mm. you knew where everybody was if they were piled up over the park everybody's at the park yeah they're piled up at jimmy's house they're all they're all at jimmy's house playing video games or something but also everyone's door was unlocked and parents could easily and i mean like when he called the other kid's dad like hey you know they said they might come over play with your yeah, that's exactly how it was back then. And so like, I had no problem with that. But I did see on Twitter and everything people being like, oh, you know, this is a terrible parent and stuff. But that's just how it was. Yeah. Next character, Lucy the mother. How do we feel about Lucy the mother? Zero percent. I mean, she was so emotional by the time she got back and everything. And like, I think she kind of regrets and resents her kids a little bit. But I don't think she's trying to. The scene to- of her crying at the funeral was pretty convincing to me. Here's the thing. I'm almost 100% or 0% on her. But there's this weird thing that always brings me back to Man on Fire. We all remember this movie. Oh, yeah. His best movie. Where Amen. there's a character that's in trouble with dad or whatever like that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And gets his own kid kidnapped. Yes. For the ransom money and all that the stuff The insurance like that. and everything. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, well, if you haven't seen Man on <laughs> Fire, seen Man on Fire, then shame on you. Like, uh, slap yourself for a but while. But still go Come watch back it because it's worth my only thing is, is this woman is 100% like about, I deserve a life. I deserve a life. Yeah. And the kids and the husband thing was not a part of my plan for having a life. Well, it's just. She didn't get to live her 20s because she, she got she lost early. out, you know, on mm-hmm. her younger years. So now she's trying to live it up and stuff like that. So I have this weird like inkling thing. You would still be devastated. Are we talking Casey Anthony here? No, what I'm saying is, if you... I mean, if like, <laughs> I'm just saying, say you paid your weird-ass brother to kidnap the kids mm-hmm. and take them away, and then you leave your husband and do whatever you want to do. Or, you know what I'm saying? And then, but one of them's killed. You know, I'm just saying... Yeah. You would still be very upset if you found out one of your children were killed. But, I mean, she just doesn't seem like the person that can also hold that secret. I don't disagree with you. Like I said, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I, almost yeah. a zero percent. It, it, it's like a there's like a three to five percent chance that there's could, could fizzle in. Inkling. And there's you, you no don't reason. think it, but you just see like there's a minor path to where that she's involved. That in. is that is a heck of a bridge to cross. <laughs> yeah. You know heck what? You know why it always bothers me is because they keep showing her on the couch with the woman that was doing the Halloween decorations, I believe. They showed it two or three times. Yeah, in this Halloween where they're huddled up and she's crying and stuff like that, and then you know she's wandering off. And so, I mean, it, it's almost—I don't know—they they're just showing them too much. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's what weirds me out about it. The okay. Halloween decoration lady in, is creepy. All right, so the funny thing you said that neighbor removing Halloween decoration is my <laughs> number nine on the list. Let's go to me. Let's just jump to her. Yeah, to me, like she is the one person. That should not have been back in the scene yet. Does that make sense? Like we saw her on the when the bikes were going mm-hmm. on the road, right? And you see her, she's got this smile, and they talk about these dolls they got at Halloween. And what is she taking down from her house? Halloween decorations. decorations. There could be a little correlation. And then she's at the house when when the mama's grieving. Well, we like, also know Lucy got one of the dolls while out getting Halloween trick like, treating. To me, like it gives me a tingle. You know what I'm saying? Like and that's what I'm saying. It's just enough of her on screen to go. Yeah. 
oh, wait a minute, that bitch right there. Yeah. You know? I would say she's more involved than actually did it, but I think it's also so pretty low to for me. To the, me, the radar's being very high on That's her. what I'm saying. The fact that she keeps being in it. Now, a lot of times, what's your best cover-up? Be the grieving best friend. Yeah. Oh yeah, keep, you know, keep always be around, confused. always be around, like mm-hmm. you know, caring and always Plus, be there for them. Any bring information them the parents getting, you're getting it. I yeah, mean, it's there. Always but, around when the detectives are there because yeah. you're constantly with her. So the lady with the damn Halloween <laughs> decorations, she's she's way on up there. up there with me. Like, like you said, like you said, didn't kill him, but it has something to do with it. But there's some yeah. involvement. I feel. I mean, like part of it to me is just like. That's just her job. You know, everyone has that one nosy neighbor. She doesn't really work or anything. You know, you see the way she was smiling at those kids. It's almost like it's about oh. to be kind. I'm going to help get the girl out of here. The boy's not going to make it. Whatever. Yeah, I, could, I could totally see her being. The only reason I say it's possibly just horse shit yeah. that we're even thinking about it was the first three minutes. They're, they're showing you the timeline mm-hmm. or the path that the kids take. You know what I'm saying? And then there's the fact that the kids say they were going to meet their friend at the park to see the new dog. Yeah. But the friend, when they call him and stuff like that. That was a lie. He said. He never. We never were going to meet the park. I said they could come by here if they wanted to see the new dog, but I haven't seen him. Yeah. And we didn't say today. So my thing is, is like, why would this lady know their path? Yeah. You know Mm. what I'm saying? So that's the only thing that gets me a little shaky on her, but it's like. I don't know, man. Something's going off on the radar and everything. The, the like you say, the radar pings when the, the Halloween decoration lady. Yeah. Yes. To me, of 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 the, of the episode so far, she's my highest ping. Nope. To me. All right. So let's go to the next one. Uncle. Creepy uncle. Playboy magazine uncle. Drill a hole in the wall so he can creep on a young little girl. Uncle. Well, do we think that's why he drilled the hole or anything? Absolutely. 100% think that's the uncle. I mean, I think he drilled the hole, but I, I don't know if it was necessarily to pervert out on her or anything. I don't know why. That why else whole, do you drill a hole into a girl's I think it goes back to the wife thinking that maybe the dad was doing something. And he wanted to make sure he wasn't creeping into her room in the middle of the night or something. And that's why you invited him and made sure he stayed in Will's room instead of her room. And things like that. I don't know. I, the hole is a red herring to me. I feel like it is... I feel like the show wants you. Yeah, I think they see want the you to see him as a suspect, as a peeping tom yeah, or a scumbag, as yeah. a creeper. You know, what I mean, I think he probably is a scumbag. But if you find out that Will is the one that drilled the hole and is watching his sister, mm-hmm. maybe not for perverted reasons, but for like protective reasons, maybe they have it worked out where you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard a lot of people saying it was the past notes. Anything. Or to yeah, uh, like to communication. protect each other. Yeah, because their home life sucks. Right. So you know, because I've I've heard about that. You think about like the movie Radio Flyer. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That movie hits you. We talk about hard. That hits you hard. But it's like they protected each other mm-hmm. from you know shitty abusive stepdad and stuff like that. You know, so it's like I could easily see that that's a secret way that Will and um, Julie would. Mm-hmm. Communicate with each or other. Be like, protect hey, each other. Because I'm she always can connected see, with you. You know, obviously she's in his closet and it wouldn't be the same thing. But I'm just saying. Well, and like even a lot when, of possibilities there. Even when they're leaving, he says, "Protect your sister." Like he gives that big brother response of, "Yeah, I got her and everything." Like you feel that. Yeah. And so like I, maybe it was a way to protect her, let her feel like that extra safety. If I, I feel like the uncle left the Playboys under the bed. Yes. I believe that to be the case. And he, I mean, he even admits it. But I feel like the hole in the wall might st- is up in the air to me as far as whether or not it was him. Do you think the uncle's involved in any part of this? No. See, I the don't thing get is, that vibe either. I think they, they put, him, it put him out there so easily that it makes me think 100% no. Yeah, you, you draw that conclusion too soon. Yeah, it's too, too easy, too convenient. Yeah. Yep. I mean... Mm. But he also does seem like a big dipshit too. So it's like... Could he have screwed up somehow and, and Will died? But I'm like, Will's posed. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? There's dolls and stuff like that. So it wasn't an idiot that killed this guy, I wouldn't think. You know well, what I mean? and I mean, since we're kind of talking about Will, the uncle, the peeping and stuff, there's a uh, Dungeon and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons manual in Will's room that we end up seeing and everything. 
and it's called The Forest of Ling, and that's uh, part of H.P. Lovecraft. And what you discover, if you go down enough rabbit holes, which please do not, uh, that in Lovecraft... We'll do that for you. <laughs> yeah. In Lovecraft uh, novels and stuff, a Ling is basically a plateau. And so the, for- the plateau in the forest, which is what that Dungeons & Dragons book is essentially called, that's what Will's found in. To a point, yes. You know, I mean, he's in a in plateau hidden in the forest and everything posed and done nicely. And I'm going to propose something real quick to you. Here, here's an here's a alternate theory of saying, what if Will was not killed? Think about this part here. What did you find of evidence of Will's? You found a bike with a bent front wheel, correct? Mm-hmm. You found him on a cliffside area. What if those two are fleeing or running away from a crappy home and an accident happened and he hit his head and died and they put him there in that pose of like sleep peacefully and left those things behind as Julie left with whoever's helping them escape. Well, I mean, who's putting them there? Like, I mean, you have to have have that You would have to have help so an adult could, you know, pick up a 12 year old. You would have to have that spot picked out is what I'm saying. That's not, it wasn't easily found. It's not easily accessible. Like, there's no way a random person is just going to place them there. I don't think it'd be random. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. The only thing is, they show the three boys from the Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. That's and, the next people on my list. And he's on the bike. Yes. And he's jacking around on it. It's clearly messing up on him, and he throws it down. And I'm almost 100% positive they show that it is the bike with the card in the back and the wheel. Mm-hmm. Thing is, every boy... And their bike had yeah. a card in their... I mean, that was at that cool- time, it, there wasn't 47 different versions of a bike. You know, there was your three or four main popular ones. Yeah, I mean, you most know, of them look like that Schwinn-style yeah, yeah, yeah. bike. But, I mean, they, they didn't show it, like, to trick you that this was a different kid's bike. They showed it like, oh, that's his bike. Yeah. Now, how did it end up from the park down this hill near a creek, you know? I, you know, I don't know. That's... Obviously, none of us know. But... Again, what if he fell out of that tower, hit his head and died, and they took him over there? You know, I mean, the girl left the dolls behind as, you know, whatever. I mean, there is possibilities this is truly an accident, and she fled with whoever this other so on because they thought they might be in trouble for murder. I just don't see how you find this place if it's an accident. Like, that's my biggest fault for trying to get to make that theory Maybe a it's a place where kids go and play. I mean, Jake and I used to go play in a ditch that was – Way deep and way off the ravine and this, that, or so on because we thought it was a cool place to explore. So you're going to think to put your dead brother there? Uh, if you think you're trying to place to hide him, to hide him. But why would a little girl want to hide him? That's the thing is if he accidentally died she's and they were on scream, the run yeah. anyway. Well, no. I mean, if she's on the run, doesn't want to go home even though she's sad or brother died, you still wouldn't hide him. You'd lay him somewhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Now, And you're not going to lay the dolls out with it. The dolls... Or what he's saying, or tracker, like you know, like mm-hmm. landmarks for him to follow to find him. So it's like somebody wanted you to find him, right? Which so that makes you think, like, well, maybe somebody wanted you to find him, and he is laid in like a nice position. Oh, he's got yeah. his, like, out his of the hands. elements, out of the weather. Yeah, because you almost think he's asleep, right? I don't know. I think it is an element we have to consider. Well, I mean, are they are these out to help you find him, or is it more of a ritual? I think it's more of a breadcrumb. I think because these are weird dolls to put down as landmarkers over a ritual, in my opinion. Like, I no, mean, you, I, you, I agree. The doll thing is weird. Yes, it's very strange. The fact he's posed in a praying hands. I mean, it's weird. But it's not like these dolls are pointing you towards the cave or anything, and they've got no face, so it's not like they're necessarily a breadcrumb to the next one. They're just lined up to where... But Zach is also right in the fact that it's like his injuries are... It was a head injury, I think, and that's it. Just a blunt trauma to the back of his head, which could be a fall. Mm -hmm. Could be somebody smashing in the back of the head with a rock. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying... It's open. It's open... That it was an accident. I I don't see it, but I mean, it, that is a possibility. All I'm saying is, they're supposed to go to the park. Yes, and they did not have that intention. No. Looks like they were going to the park. 
because that's where the three boys from the bill are playing with their bikes. True. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they looks like they made it to the park. And remember the boy says they saw him at the park playing. Mm-hmm. So it's like they were there. I think they were there maybe waiting for somebody to pick them up. Okay. You know what I mean? Like to leave. So, I mean, we just don't, and maybe that's the uncle because the uncle lived in Illinois. No, Missouri. Missouri? No. Springfield, Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe. I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I know what you're saying that maybe his death wasn't a murder. Maybe yeah. it was an accident or he was doing something to protect her and died. You know what I mean? It's a lot of stuff. Okay. I would give that a small chance. Okay, so but, three boys, though, in the Volkswagen. Yeah, you got Freddie and his two buddies and so on. To me, I think this is a useless path. I have no – I mean, I, a little bit, but, like, again, it's almost like a slap in the face of one says yes, they saw him at the park. One mm-hmm. says no. Um, well, the I iconic think, vehicle, yeah. the satanic shirts, the West Memphis, you know – Deal. I mean, okay. Well, all right. So in this, in this time, mm-hmm. there was the big satanic fear. Yes. You know, it was just this massive, like, overblown thing that, well, there's satanic rituals going on all well, over the place. Well, as it got and, brought up, it was the uh, Franklin Files or something about that. The Franklin yes. Scandal. Yeah, the Franklin Scandal. Um, and that pretty much sums it all up. If y'all haven't ever heard of that or anything, just go down a nice little rabbit hole. Which came in 1980 mm-hmm. and was completely debunked in 1990. Not. It was... As far as Franklin was concerned. Yeah. Well, the Franklin thing ended up being an embezzlement thing with a bank, Franklin Credit Union in Nebraska. Right. But, but it was all about huge yes. political players and power players in a pedophile ring. It was the 80s Pizzagate. Right. But it was all tied into satanic rituals. Mm-hmm. Huge, high-up, powerful people would pay to have children to be tortured and you know, uh, raped and stuff like that for a satanic ritual. Yeah. And... This is also what kind of ties into season one, possibly, because apparently the guy they worship is the Yellow King. Yes. So it's like, is there a possibility, or is it just kind of bringing the same vibe in? Don't know. No but clue. The three kids, the three teenagers. The thing is, we know they they don't tell the truth to the detectives at first. It's inconsistent stories. One of them says there was no drinking. Freddie, whatever, yeah. says no, there was no drinking. The other one says, yes, we saw him at the park. The third one, we don't know what he says. But we did see later on, remember, Amelia, is her name? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Sees him, you know, grabbing him by the, the collar and like, almost like, what did you tell them? You know, and the other yeah. one looks real sheepish standing there. But, so I think these three kids know more. Than they're letting on. Than they're letting on and are trying to protect themselves from being suspects or whatever. But did they do it? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe See, these are the ones that accidentally... That's my part. Like, would hurt. To me, this is where... These are three kids that have something to lose if something bad was an accident that happened. You know what I mean? Like I said, they show that scene with him on that bike and stuff like that and that they're getting drunk and they're partying. And for all you know, you know, they're playing Clubhouse or whatever. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense because the timeline, when they were playing with that bike, it was dark. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? I, I would have feel differently about them if they were playing with that bike during daytime. You know, like the, the, the timeline would help the situation if I felt like they were more involved. Because if those kids it, were gone or something had happened, I would have figured it happened at daylight. You know, during daylight hours. That's just my thought. Like he said, if you didn't have a hell, if you didn't have a, you had to get to that spot to put that kid there in daylight. You couldn't get there because pitch black. They showed you that at the end of the scene. But also, one of the teenagers says they saw the kids at the, the park. park. Right. Which could have been daylight or nighttime. nighttime. Not sure. Would they be getting drunk and playing around on the bikes if they had just killed one of them on accident? I don't think so. There you so. go. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. But they do show and prominently focus on this purple beetle. I mean, is it possible they hit one of them with the car? You know? Yeah. I, who knows, man? I don't know. But I mean, but if you did hit him with the car and everything, there's going to be a dinner or something. You're going to be freaking out about that. And we don't we get don't, another look at the car. We don't after get another look fact. at the car after the fact, yeah. like you're saying. 
now. Say they see, you know, some damage to the bumper or the front. Then my yeah, then the radar is going to go up for me, right? But I mean, I think the biggest part with the kids is rolling in the car, saying, "A number one rule: everybody lies." But B, they know the kids are lying, but they're lying about kids' stuff, right? And, see, I I think the three teenagers are so freaked out because I think they were clearly casing a house when they first parked. Yeah, you see them turn around and they park right there when the kids pass by mm-hmm. they're looking at a house across the street that looks it's halloween empty. lady's house isn't it no i don't think so no it's farther down okay it's, it's a so, random spot for, yeah so i think they're they're breaking into houses yeah they're, they're a doing. little crime syndicate yeah you know so That's they a good call why else would they turn around on a on a three-way and just stare at the street yeah they just do a weird turnaround almost like they're waiting for some people to leave or they're watching a house mm-hmm. in order to rob it so I think, and they knew what time it was when the kids passed. Yeah. And so like yeah. that would sync up with case in a house and everything because they're yeah. trying to get people's schedules down and everything. And if Good that's point. and if that's obviously near the park, it's like well, now you put us at the park, mm-hmm. you know, with the kids. House may have been robbed. Whatever the case may be, I'm just saying. All right. I think. Yeah. All right. But we'll come back to the kids in uh, next week's episode. Yeah, I think. I'm with you on that. Do we feel like Julie herself, the child that is missing, we think is alive now, had anything to do with killing of her brother? Who? Initially, I by because the, end of, by the only reason one, I put that on my list. Yeah, Julie. We have been told by one of Julie's friends that she received the dolls, mm-hmm. so that it's very potential that she put the dolls there as a way of either glorifying breadcrumbs, something to do with her brother's death. She feels guilt for his death. But it only says she received one doll. And there's at least two. We know there's two. And so the person who makes them is the person who's helping her get away? No, because I, I kind of agree where like it's almost like she was marked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're talking about like that. Maybe that's a way to mark somebody to be abducted or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, well, it's just somebody who hand, you know hands you candy that's laced with something that's a sedative, or you get a roofie at a bar, or whatever. This child was lured in, and they were going to a location. They told their dad they were going to one place, but they weren't. They were going somewhere else. And the bad thing happened is the person only wanted the girl. The boy dies for it. The girl gets abducted. But yeah, I don't. I think she loves her brother too much. Like I mean, that that's a true like protector sibling and everything. And I I don't think she would have intentionally had anything to do with his murder. Especially considering the school teacher, Amelia, just that talks about how fantastic of a kid he is. Yeah. You know, and so great I, older brother, that kind of stuff. That's the thing is, I, I could see him easily of being killed trying to protect her sister. Yeah, I think it would be more like that and she's just a happenstance victim. But like her possibly being a criminal later on in life from everything else that we find out makes it a little intriguing that maybe she did have this in her. But I don't think she did. Yeah, who knows on that part though? Yeah, because they say they keep saying we don't know if she was involved in the it, yeah, theft just or her. was a customer. So who knows? All right, wild card: the in-laws, Tom's parents. Uh, well, I think they were mainly installed in this to f- make you understand that Julie's father is up in the air. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Tom, because apparently he was on an offshore. Uh, oil rig when it's possible that Julia was conceived. Julia was conceived by another man. And when he's being deposed, or no, not deposed, but interviewed later on, when Hayes is being interviewed later on, Mm -hmm. she asks about, what do you think, you know, you know what happened after with Julie and her father. She says that. Now, she doesn't state... Label Tom. Tom. Yeah, she says her father. Julie and her father. Is there a chance that the creepy uncle, who's not actually blood-related, is actually Julie's father? And that that goes into the theory of... What do you mean he's not blood-related? She Remember, she makes that statement in there that he's a friend, but we just call him uncle. She, Lucy, the mother, makes that comment. I missed that comment. I think I do remember her saying She that. did. We just call him uncle. He's just a close family friend. Okay, that makes. I think I'm. Wait, to me, that. Yeah, that adds to a lot me to that it. adds a wrinkle. That who would be there 
when Tom's out of Dodge and that the kids are friendly with, accustomed to, and this, that, or so on. Somebody who wants to go and peek in on his daughter, see different things, da da da, da and can't, but can't tell him that you're. Yeah, it's an it's a possibility. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a possibility. I agree with that. You know, I, who's to say he just wanted his daughter when he Bingo. was leaving town? Bingo, and had to fight Will off. And that would go with your, that's who they're meeting up with. And he's going to help them get out of that home life. And then the mom can sneak out later. So, I mean, that, that's a very good one that fits. I mean, it has the, the puzzle pieces, the gaps and the puzzle pieces are available for that to work. Mm -hmm. You know? So maybe let's see. Let's see. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel the uncle is just too damn. Well, he's too much of a scumbag. It doesn't personify somebody who have a game plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But somebody without a game plan makes total sense if it's, you know, him and the mom and the brother is a collateral damage. The thing that throws the uncle off is the dolls. Like every but if she already has see, one, maybe she is making... Yeah, the, the dolls is the... is the, is the the Okay, wait a minute. Where, Will, where does the dolls come into that's play the thing. here? Will's placement, mm-hmm. how he's posed, and the dolls. They throw off all this stuff. Now yeah. remember, season two of True Detective, they make you think it's all this weird mystically stuff with the raven's head and, oh, and it was how the, very simple. How the guy is posed on the interstate and stuff like that. It's like, oh no, it has nothing to do with that stuff. It has nothing. It's yeah. just, it just makes you think it has something to do with that. Season one had something to do with that. And stuff. I think this is closer to season one, so yeah. I think this is going. I agree. To have... I think everything has meaning. So, so is that your is that your list? That's that's your. Well, I have of, one more out of the first two episodes. That's what I came up with. Who okay. you got? The wife Amelia. I had her on my list, but I just didn't get that. Man, she figures out the dolls. She kind when she first sees it, she kind of has like a her heart stops a little bit. I'll give you that. And then she that's writes she this book. The I forget the name of the book. I'm blanking on it for some reason. Life, Harvest death, Moon. and the Harvest Moon. Yeah, and. It's sending everyone on a wild goose chase. And as we were talking about earlier, what's the best thing to be? That grieving friend and all of this stuff. Well, if you're the lead, if you're the person that did it and you write the most evidential book and everything and you lead everybody away from you. And here's another thing. You know, the scene that, you know, kind of makes me feel a little bit that way Mm -hmm. is when you see him in 1990 go, Julia's alive. Yeah. And like her reaction to it. Like it on the, you know, when her book's about to get published, this, that, or so on, that maybe that puts a huge wrinkle in what she wrote. And then here in 2015, he's sitting here listening to this stuff. Find out what she knows and don't forget there's where, here's where your revolver is to where if you're about to give out, like my wife did it, you just kill yourself to make sure it never gets out. Yeah. That's why I mean, it I would think be pretty stellar the at the end of the, at the end of the season for the however old you know the, the old version is that or so on they come to the conclusion of my wife was the bad guy the whole time and i covered it up to make and like that's how we got rich in everything you know i mean it, it could so, be pretty compelling so far we don't know where amelia lives no and whether or not she's on the halloween path or trick-or-treating not. Well, path. Well, she does say where she lives she says she lives in, in fayetteville, fayetteville. she's she 15 does. minutes away from west finger school district in fayetteville arkansas and she also gets close and ends up marrying the lead detective of the case. Yeah. And she is the presenter of the evidence of the doll. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Gets, but, and gets the however, other kid though, to talk. the difference is that she doesn't give you the information. You, you, the viewer, gets the information from a child. That she's the only one able to make talk. So, I mean, like, this, I, she's just the biggest suspect that I have right now that made my radar keep going. I understand what you're saying, and I, and I believe, I believe, but, but that would it, be the funnest, yes, outcome. In, in 1990, when he has to tell her that Julie's still alive, I could see her being surprised and a little thrown off guard because she's already written the book. I agree. You know, so it's like I'm about to publish this thing for god's sakes yeah now I mean, we've got like the now you're throwing right there. now you're throwing in the biggest wrinkle there is is the fact oh she's still alive and could derail this entire thing it could well she's the only one that's supposed to know the real story mm-hmm. so it's like 
I can see her easily being thrown off guard just by that knowledge, not by the fact that it's like, oh shit, she could turn me in at any moment or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just because, my life's book of work. Ten years. Yeah. Why wouldn't she have already said something if it was Amelia? All right. The one detail that's we have point. not discussed, which is another one of those things that's just a game changer, is where we come from. Is the note. Okay. Yes. You know, she's gone, let it go and stuff. Uh, I'll be posting these on Facebook. I like to give it a day or two, but I took pictures of the, you know, of the note itself. Don't worry. She's in a safe place mm-hmm. and happy. Or Don't something. look or, for the kids. Um, and l- last thing it says is let it go. Well, it says you should. Misspell S-H-U-D. Misspell S-H-U-D, not look, let them go, or let go. Here he goes. Do not worry. Julie is in a good place and safe. The children should laugh. Do not look, let it go. Which is really weird that you have Julie and then just children, the plural of it. Yeah, I think there's some stuff in the note. But also, I love a note that's always made from clipped out magazine words yeah. and everything. Like yeah. that's just a great touch. Well, yeah. when you, when you look at the note, you know, as I've mm-hmm. got right here, like you want to look at the note and go, okay, what are they trying to tell me? Why is the should miss? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. How many, how many letters are blue? Why are all these capital? You know, you were like, if you turn this sideways and you did the second letter, I mean like, you know, people have looked at this note 4,000 ways to see if there's a hidden message mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but see, I think the note throws another wrinkle on there too. You know, but what does the note say? Is this somebody who's average Joe just trying to get things off? Why come so late? You know, what's the purpose of it? But see, this also throws a little bit into your Amelia thing. It's like, why is somebody that we already know is a great writer? They say it beforehand. Do you love yeah. teaching? Yeah. It's, like, it's okay sometimes. I really want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Somebody we know is good with words and writing and stuff like that already. That person would send a note like this. That's got misspellings. Not their handwriting. Situation. Yeah. No handwriting. Yeah, just complete, complete throw off. Throw off. Because it's like, well, that you know, it to me that makes you look like this is you know country bumpkin put this together. Someone from Arkansas. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> there goes that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Pig suey, that bring yeah, you back? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so to wrap up the episode, um, there was a preview for what's coming up. Well, for the I mean, next seasons. before we get into that, one more quick thing. When he goes into the deposition and everything, he says, Steve McQueen died this day. And then he goes back into it later. He says he died on a day with the Harvest Moon, also in Amelia's title. But you can look up this day and everything. It's a real life date. And it was just a new moon, not a full moon or Harvest Moon. So you think that has significance? I think it does. Like you don't bring that day into it without a reason, and especially yeah. to where we can physically look it up. But Pizzolatto did say what we see on the screen is yes. reliable. Yes, he came out and said because we were worried about you know an unreliable, unreliable narrator, narrator because of the dementia and the different timelines and stuff like that. And just a lot of TV shows have been pulling that. Yeah, but Pizzolatto did come out and say, hopefully we can trust his word on this. Mm-hmm. That what you see on the screen is what happened. Yes. So I agree with you. You're right. The day that Steve McQueen died, new moon instead of a harvest moon, whatever. I think it's going to play a factor. I don't know what it's going to be yet or anything, but I do think it is significant because you don't put that much detail into it for it not to. That just adds more salt to your Amelia prediction. Yes. And I want to go big on it. So, you know, I'm going I'm to throw as much spice on it as I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You hit big or you are really kamikaze. Right and there. as everybody knows here, I'm batting a thousand on all my predictions in all of our shows. So, yeah. Well, I think you mean me. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. All right, guys. We're going to get to the part where we talk about previews. So, if you're not a person who enjoys previews or we're considered spoilers that are so on, this would be about the time you probably want to cut it loose. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the pod so far. I hope you can subscribe to our show uh, so you can listen in every week. As you can find cover. us on iTunes. Give us a uh, five star review. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be absolutely awesome. It find us helps on us. Twitter, Facebook at Bleed TV Podcast, or give us a nice little email at bleedtvpodcast at gmail.com. We'd absolutely. love to uh, have these conversations with All you. That. So if this is where you cut it off because you're not much of the spoiler stuff, it was great having you. Really appreciate it. But we're going to do a swipe pause and go right into spoilers. Okay, we should be clear. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so um, there's about eight or nine things they show you in this upcoming, you know, as it said, not next week, it says for the weeks to come, okay? Um, first of all, uh, they make a mention that Amelia has a big secret, okay? And which yeah. goes back to what you were saying. Um, then there they show pictures on a board of the potential of what Julie looks like as an adult. Uh, with arrows pointing towards it like she's in a Walgreens. Mm-hmm. So that means like that surveillance stuff they're talking about. They also show a bag found in the woods that had toys and stuff that looks like a kids were running away. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was a, a bag full a of bag. A go bag. Key piece of evidence. Um, then it showed another board where it showed that Lucy has already died. Julie's mother has already passed away. I thought that was a key piece of information, and that was on, um, and that's when you saw the young Steve Dorf. You know, so the Roland West did not look like it was 1990 when this board showed that Lucy had passed away. So to me, that makes me kind of think that maybe Lucy does an OD or something changes or so on. But that also makes me tingle about this creepy neighbor being somebody who could be more potential now. If Lucy's dead, you know what I mean? That's a perfect person to make that happen. Um, and then they mentioned something called the Salisol robbery as a big deal. Um, now, they talked about a Walgreens getting robbed, but they never talked about the Salisol robbery. I think this goes to what Jake said. That maybe that has something to do with the three boys case and houses in the robbery case. Okay. Could be possible. I think it's a stretch, but you never know. But they mentioned that. Um, the comment is made that there is more than one person looking for Julie, not just the cops. Hmm. Not sure how that plays in the part. You know what I mean? But that could also go back to your Amelia thing. If she finds out she's alive, she's Amelia is trying to figure out a way to get to her. But so it doesn't expose her role. You know, that could be an angle or it could be the high up political people that have started this pedophile ring Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. Are looking forward too because she can expose, she can expose yeah, everybody, in. which is a better reason to be staying in hiding, not talking about Amelia, not talking yeah. about anybody. Because if I have made myself shown then visible, it, they'll get me. Here's you can't trust thing. anybody. There is a person who is appealing his conviction. So somebody gets convicted for the death of Will. Yes. And if Julie shows up to either corroborate or uncorroborate this person who's in prison, it could have blowback for a political career or whoever's involved. So that could be another key angle. Um, they show a map, a hand-drawn map of where it looks to be the ravine area where the boy was was left. Okay. You know, and um, so on. So I think that'll be like there was a plan. Yeah. It was a prep. Um, and then they show some new... Uh, stationary cards and one of the ones that says is that a new ant is discovered and who is the one-eyed bm all right so we have a new ant discovered so that means lucy has a sister they didn't know about possibly or, or julie or julie has, an aunt has a know about or or somebody so that's key and then there's a one-eyed bm i'm guessing is blackmail possibly you know yeah. what i mean and so on and to which they do show a scruffy beard um, black gentleman like being talked to and this and, so and then they show a much older version of him being pulled out of a house by cops in these quick scenes. Okay. Easily could be the guy who's convicted of this. Correct. And in jail for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could be the, you know, so on. Then it shows the trash scrap man um, running for his life with a mob chasing him on the street. I, mean, I, think I really could easily any... see what this is. They already showed it in episode two. Yeah. All the people in the Just uh, hating him. Assembly, like, like yeah. you know, I don't trust that guy. Yeah, blah, I think blah, that's blah. just like a weird side story and everything. It makes sense that a well, mob's going to chase after Yeah, him. at that time and the community's yeah. like, they've decided who they think the devil is and want to take care Well known in the South about mob justice. I mean, yeah. It's just a... Right. It, it, it's a sad part of our history. Now. Absolutely. There is a quick scene of Steven Dorf as an old man. On a front porch. On a front porch looking at him and goes, you know what you did. Yeah. You know. Which could go back to Emilio. Like, you know you helped cover this up and everything. Yeah. I mean, that has endless possibilities. But <laughs> yeah. you do get to see him as an old man. And wow. Is the special effects amazing to make these guys look old? Dude, they've done, they've crushed it already. Yeah, and I really like how the 80s and 90s 
doesn't really have a much different haze. Like, I mean, he almost looks, I mean, there's like a couple more wrinkles and everything, but they pretty much just let him be. He's pretty wrinkled. It's just a shape. He's talking about the 10 year gap. Yeah, the 10 year gap. I just like he shaped oh. up his haircut and everything. No, he just has a more modern haircut from mm-hmm. the 90s instead of the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so that's what it shows in the coming weeks. A lot of tantalizing information right there. Pretty Let us y'all know what y'all think about it. If y'all have any theories, just yeah, do these man. little. Uh, yeah, Future drop us a thread on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You know, we're constantly talking about it. Uh, and you send us an email, and we'll add your comments to the show. So if you've got a theory out there, we'll sprinkle it in and definitely hit us up. So don't don't hesitate about that at all. Again, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bleed TV Podcast. Hit us up on Gmail at Bleed TV Podcast. Yeah. Subscribe. I mean, if you give us a positive review and enjoy the show, do it, man. Five stars only. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not five stars, then. Yeah. And so. <laughs> There you go. But other than that, guys, I think we're just going to call it a night. I think it was a great start. We're looking forward to episode three. Uh, so make sure you catch it with us. So Next uh, Sunday at 8, and then uh, we'll be releasing the episode Tuesday morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is Blue TV covering True Detectives. This is Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Cash. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>